If you would, open your Bibles to Proverbs, chapter 29, and today we'll be looking at verse 18, Proverbs 29, 18. What happens when people disregard the Word of God? All we need to do is look around at the world in which we live. We see people all around the city, all around the, the state, the country, the entire world that disregard the word of God and as a result we see a moral decay taking place in society. But then what happens when the people of God disregard the word of God. We see the same thing take place in the church that takes place in society when the church disregards the word of God. You see church leaders, you see congregations all around that disregard the word and as a result, a decay takes place within the church. The Bible is clear 
on what happens when people disregard the word of God. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Look at Proverbs 29, 18. It's written, where there is no vision, the people decay. But he that keepeth the law is blessed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word and help us just to take what we learn today and apply it into our daily walk. And Lord, we just lift up those who could not make it today, those that may be sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. You know each name and each need, Lord, and we just lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you've given us, the blessings of life, the blessings of liberty, just the blessings that we could come today to worship together. And Lord, I just pray again that you would be with us today, that you would just be with me and give me the words to say. And Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Where there is no vision. Now this is not talking about the things we see with our eyes. That's not the vision that it's talking about here. The Hebrew word that is translated vision here is kazon. It means revelation. It could also mean the oracles of God. So it's talking about God's revelation to us, and we see this because this verse, we see a comparison in it because of the word but. You know, he says, where there is no vision or revelation, the people decay, but he that keepeth the law, you know, is blessed. So there's a comparison that takes place in this verse. And it's comparing what happens when you disregard the revelation of God and when, or what happens when you keep the revelation of God. And he is telling us that whenever we disregard the word of God, where there is no vision being kept, where there is no revelation being kept, the people decay or perish. And we need to look at that. Whether it's prophetic oracles or the entire word of God, where the word of God is not being kept, where revelation is not being kept, the people will perish. They'll decay. They wither. Like a grape withering on a vine. I mean, look at the moral decay that takes place in this country. Think about how this country was 80 years ago. 70 years ago, 60, 50. Think about how it was in the 1980s. Think about how it was just 20 years ago. Yes, there was violence. Yes, there was sin. But it wasn't like today. And what we see today 
It wasn't as bad as today. There's moral decay taking place all through this country. And we also see the same type of moral decay taking place in churches today because many churches today are disregarding the word of God. They're shunning God's revelation to us. And we can see example after example of that in the Bible. Think about Adam and Eve. Think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. What happens? God gives his word. He gives his command to them. He gives his revelation. And we see that it's a revelation because he tells them, don't do these things, and if you do these things, this will happen. He's revealing to them what will happen if they disregard his word. That's a revelation. And what happens? God gives them his revelation. Do not eat of the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you do this, you will die. And Adam and Eve, whenever they were tempted by Satan... They disregarded the word of God. They shunned it. They shunned God's command, and as a result, they perish. Spiritually perish. But part of the judgment upon them was also physical death. They eventually died physically. But they perished spiritually. And as a result, the spiritual decay took over their life. Cain and Abel. God had prescribed to them that a blood sacrifice was needed for the remission of sins. Abel gets the best of his flocks and he sacrifices to God. Cain gets some stuff out of his garden. But that was not the correct sacrifice. It was not a blood sacrifice. Plus, it was not the best that Cain had that he was giving to God. And what does God tell him? If you do the correct thing, it's going to be accepted. But if not, he says, sin croucheth at the door. Basically, sin was waiting to pounce on him. And instead of heeding God's word and offering the correct sacrifice and doing what was right, Instead of heeding God's word and seeking forgiveness for his sin that he had done and giving the wrong sacrifice, Cain was consumed with jealousy and he murdered his brother. But what did he do? He had disregarded the revelation of God. 
God had told him, sin crouched there waiting on you, waiting to pounce. And then we have the children of Israel. The children of Israel at Mount Sinai. Turn over to Exodus 32. Now what we see is Moses has went up into the mountain to get the law. He's went up into the mountain to get the law. And what happens? Now I want you to think about something. God had appointed Moses to be his mouthpiece to the people. And Moses and Aaron had led the children of Israel out of Egypt. God had delivered the children of Israel with a mighty hand and mighty wonders. Yet when Moses left, because Moses was the mouthpiece. What happens? Revelation sort of left the tribe. The revelation left. Aaron may have helped Moses, but he had learned nothing from his time with God. He had learned nothing with his time with God. The people had learned nothing with their time with God. Remember, God had been leading them. God had delivered them with miracles and mighty wonders and a mighty hand from the Egyptians. They had seen the Red Sea part. They had seen all these mighty things that God had done, yet when Moses left the camp, Revelation had left. And they disregarded what they had seen. I mean, think about something. When the children of Israel fell into sin, Aaron fell right with them. Aaron was the one that made the idol. Think about that. He fell just as quickly as the people. Look at verses 1 through 5. But when the people saw that Moses tarried long, ere he came down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together against Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods to go before us. For of this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we know not what is become of him. Now think about that. After all the miracles they had seen God perform, make us idols. Make us gods to go before us. And then look at Aaron. And Aaron said unto them, Pluck off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. Then all the people plucked from themselves the golden earrings which were in their ears, and they brought them unto Aaron, who received them at their hands and fashioned with it the graving tool and made of it a molten calf. Then they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. 
When Aaron saw that, he made an altar before it, and Aaron proclaimed, saying, Tomorrow shall be the holy day of the Lord. Now I want you to think about something. How long would it have taken Aaron to make that idol? It wasn't something he could have just created in an hour. It would have took time. He took time to melt the gold. He took time to make the mold for it. He took time to make the idol. That's how far Israel had fallen. It took time to do these things. After all they had seen, and after all Aaron had seen, because Aaron had been with Moses, Aaron disregards the revelation that he had seen. He disregarded the things God had said, that he had heard. And the people as well. He instructs them to bring golden earrings to him instead of using his position as a leader in the camp and telling them, y'all are going to sin against God. Aaron did not do that. He fell right along with them. He fell right along with them in disregarding the word of God. And he takes those earrings and he makes a golden calf. But he doesn't stop there. He makes an altar. He makes an altar for it. Then he designates the next day to be a day of worship for this calf. Where there is no vision, the people decay. The people perish. And we see the lack of vision. We see how they disregard the word of God in the next verse. Look at verse 6 and what it says. So they rose up the next day in the morning and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. Also the people sat them down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. A lack of vision, a disregard of the word of God, of God's revealed revelation to them, a lack and disregard of God's commands to them, and God's leadership over them led to a grievous sin being committed in the tribe of Israel. The people committed idolatry and then had a hedonistic worship. It led to hedonism. As they worshiped their false god, where there is no vision, the people decay. And truthfully, this country... And many churches are the same. A disregard of God's word 
a disregard of his law has led to an acceptance of, of hedonistic, paganistic practices in this country and in the churches today. It's led to idolatry. Idolatry in this country. I mean, think about it. People are worshiping their, their rock gods, their country gods, their sports gods. They're worshiping their political gods. They're worshiping everything except the one true God. They're worshiping job, money, possessions except God. And then think about what goes on in the churches today. Acceptance of homosexuality, acceptance of fornication, acceptance of abortion going on in the churches today. Society, murder, incest, drug addiction, pornography, prostitution, alcoholism, murder, robbery, violence everywhere. Just all of these different things taking place in society. Because people disregard the word of God. And as a result of disregarding the word of God, you have a disregard of the moral compass that the word of God gives us. Moral decay takes place. Yet the Bible tells us the remedy for the moral decay. Look at the rest of the verse. But he that keepeth the law is blessed. Or happy. Where there's a lack of vision, the people perish. The people decay. But when you keep the law, you're blessed. You're happy. Think about what this is saying. It's not talking about just normal joy. It's not talking about normal joy here. It's talking about a spiritual joy. A joy of being in league with God, being united with God through His Word, through His Son. A state of blessedness, spiritual happiness, comes from keeping the word of God. That's what it's talking about. You know, someone once said, I don't know who said it, but they once said, men do not reject the Bible because the Bible contradicts itself. Men reject the Bible because it contradicts them. It contradicts their actions. You know, the Bible tells us that when we keep the word, we're going to have this spiritual happiness come into our life. But people don't want that. Why? Because people like to sin. I mean, we have to remember that when we look at society as a whole, when we look at people who are lost, they're dead. They're spiritually dead. 
And someone who is dead can't do anything on their own. They're not going to accept the word of God on their own. But people who keep the law, keep the word, we need to go out there and talk to them about it. And as we talk to them about it, what are we going to find? We're going to find they're not going to receive the word because it contradicts itself. They're not going to receive it because it contradicts their actions. Yet, the Bible is the remedy for the moral decay that we see in society. And when we think about the examples that I use today, look at how the word contradicts the actions. Look at Adam and Eve. Why didn't Adam and Eve turn to God when they were tempted? Why didn't Adam and Eve turn to God when they were tempted? Because that would contradict their desire to be like God. God's word, God's presence would contradict their desire. The lust that they had to be like God. Why didn't Cain heed God's word? He could have. But he was so consumed with jealousy over Abel being accepted by God and he being rejected, he was so consumed by jealousy, he disregarded the word of God because it was contradicting the actions he felt within himself. He let his greed, his jealousy, and his evil take hold. Think about Aaron and the children of Israel. All Aaron had to do was pray and seek God's guidance. He was a leader in Israel. Yet Israel let the evil and the paganism they had learned in Egypt take hold. And instead of Aaron and the children of Israel consulting God and asking God what has become of Moses, we miss him. They didn't do that because it contradicted their desire to be like other nations and have gods, false gods, that went before them. And we see the same today. Our society shuns the word and the moral compass it provides because it contradicts the idolatry and the sin people want to do. It contradicts the lust, the greed that people have in their life. Yet disregarding the word, shunning the word, leads to decay. It leads to perishing, spiritually perishing. It leads to a moral decay. And we see that moral decay all around us. Yet, the Bible is clear. When we keep the word, when we keep the law, spiritual peace, spiritual happiness is the result.
Why? What does the Bible say about itself? It says it's a light for a path. David writes in that psalm that the word of God is a light to our path. When we keep the word of God, it illuminates everything around us. It's a light for our path. I mean, think about the law in general. What does the law do? The law points out what sin is. The law tells us what is sinful. It lights our path and shows us right from wrong, good and evil. The word illuminates our path and we are to use its guiding light to navigate this world. Because it will illuminate the temptation, it will illuminate the sin that confronts us, and it also illuminates our path to God. And as a result, it helps us to overcome temptation and sin. And you might be wondering, well, how does it illuminate our path to God? Because the Bible tells us how we communicate with God. It tells us to pray. It tells us to pray. And happiness, blessedness comes as we stay close to God and we let Him guide us. But that's also true for the church. How can the church be a light to the community? Keep the Word of God. Keep the word of God. How can a Christian be effective in witness? Keep the word of God. How can we live a life pleasing to God? Keep the word of God. Don't disregard it. Don't shun it. Keep it. Because when we shun the word, it leads to a moral decay. It leads to a spiritual decay within us. We must keep the word and use the word in our life. And as a result, we'll have blessedness. We'll have happiness. We'll have a spiritual peace, a morality that comes from God as we keep his word. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us. It's been with this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, just to seek your will and do your will in our life. And Lord, as we go into this time, I just pray that if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.